This is a great, beautiful moment. One of my favorite images of American history. The Republican convention in 2020, watching brand new citizens, well, actually become citizens. They take the Pledge of Allegiance and then they took the citizenship oath from India, Ghana, Lebanon, Bolivia, Sudan, from all over the world. They came here legally. And of course, America is the land of immigrants. Legal immigrants are so welcome, we need them. However, coming here illegally is a bad, bad idea for the immigrants, for the people who already live here, because it just stands to reason, if you will break that law, well, you'll be inclined to potentially break other laws. Donald Trump was not wrong, not wrong when he said this, which at the time really blew people's minds, but it's just logical. They're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. This is true, obviously. Again, it's logical. But because he said it, the fake news flipped out and denied a basic reality. We have to make sure that we get our facts straight. Everyday immigrants commit crimes at a far lower rate than native-born Americans. You look at the data, the people who come in, illegal aliens, as you like to call them, they commit crime at a lower rate than the rest of us. Studies find immigrants in the U.S. commit crime at lower rates than native-born Americans. Illegal immigrants commit crimes at a lower rate than yes. American citizens commit crimes. And guess what? Native-born Americans commit far more crimes, according to Donald <laughs> Trump's own government statistics, than do immigrants, be they legal or illegal. All right, these are politically skewed statistics designed to support the woke left's agenda to bring people here illegally. Again, it stands to reason if you're breaking that law, you will break other laws. And we know that the swamp definitely worked against Donald Trump and his agenda. I don't believe these studies. Many of them are flawed. You know, France is um, a good country to look to right now because you know what? France is not nearly as politically correct as America. And their studies indicate consistently that illegal immigrants do perform crime at a higher level, especially unemployed immigrants compared to unemployed residents of France. And France right now is reeling from a devastating, horrible crime carried out against a young French girl. Pour les enquêteurs, cette femme vue sur la vidéosurveillance serait la seule responsable de la mort de Lola. All right, what he's describing is that a 24-year-old woman in the country illegally, a resident of Algeria in France illegally, sexually assaulted and then suffocated to death this 12-year-old girl. Again, the suspect in France illegally. And it is unfortunately logical that people who come to a country illegally might be more prone to commit crimes. We've seen it, of course, many, many times in this country, the Ohio situation with that 10-year-old girl being raped by an illegal. Uh, this is, it's undeniable. I don't know how you get a, around this. She would not have been assaulted if that guy weren't in the country. J.D. Vance was right.
That little girl was raped by an illegal immigrant, and both the media and Tim Ryan need to be honest about the fact that she would never have been raped in the first place if Tim Ryan had done his job on border security. So let's talk about the full picture and the full slate of exceptions, absolutely, but let's not let the Democrats off the hook for letting these career criminals into our state to prey on our little girls in the first place. He's absolutely right. And we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people, victims of illegal immigrants who uh, this Molly Tibbetts in Iowa. The list goes on and on. Kate Steinley shot on that San Francisco pier again by an illegal immigrant. Uh, Terry and Brenda Altman murdered by an illegal immigrant. Uh, Charles Galloway in Houston, Texas, pulled over a man. A routine traffic stop shot and killed by an illegal. Uh, Corporal Singh in Newman, California, again, another routine traffic stop, an illegal killed that man. And it just goes on and on. I mean, all of these, all of these sweet elderly women robbed, murdered by the same serial uh, maniac. This woman, not too far from where I lived, raped, killed, thrown to the ground by an illegal immigrant. It goes on and on and on. And there's no denying, no denying that all of these people, they either either would be alive or unharmed if we had a serious border situation. And we don't. We don't. Joe Biden openly mocks every one of us as he frolics on vacation and eats ice cream. He's never been to the border. And <laughs> I mean, really, does this just say it all about him? And Kamala Harris, I mean, talk about openly mocking us. I mean, she's laughing at us. Just quickly put a button. Okay. Do you have any plans to visit the border? I, at some point, you know, I, we are going to the border. We've been to the border. So you, this whole, this whole, this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the point that you're making. Speaking the point that the Biden administration is blowing off their responsibilities to secure the country. This is an impeachable offense. You can look it up in the Constitution. It is one of their duties to protect us. The border must be maintained. Now, again, we love legal immigration. These are the best people, the hardest working people. They want to be here. They, re they take an oath, and a citizenship oath that actually requires them to pick up arms if called to do so, people who were born here don't have to do that. Some of our favorite people, by the way, in the MAGA conservative movement uh, came here from somewhere else. Dinesh D'Souza, born in India, came with his family. Uh, Dr. Oz, you wouldn't have made it to America if it wasn't for his great parents who came here from Turkey. And Donald Trump, don't forget, you know, his mother, uh, Marianne, I believe her name was, was born in Scotland. He is the son of an immigrant. Instead, what does the Biden administration do instead of secure us? They talk about genitals. I said last year, especially to our younger transgender Americans, I'll always have your back as your president so you can be yourself and reach your God-given potential. To everyone celebrating Transgender Day of Visibility, I want you to know that your president sees you. You know, at first, it might sound okay seeing somebody, right? Everybody wants everybody to live up to their God-given potential. But what does that look like day to day? Again, he's talking about people using the other bathroom, children. Nobody likes this. Nobody wants this. And 
If this is your agenda, who do you meet with at the White House? You meet with uh, this individual. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the President of the United States. <laughs> yeah, this is, I thought it was just a punk video, a prank phone call type of thing. No, it's, it's the real deal. He's going to the, sh sh they are going to the White House. Oh my God, I'm running late. Let's go. And y'all are obviously wondering what I'm going to wear to meet the president. Here you go. It's the trans flag colors. Cute, right? It's the heels. Okay, Dylan, you're going to be great. I love you. Let's go. Come on. Excuse me, but 1972 is calling for that outfit. I mean, my goodness gracious. I watched a lot of Project Runway, uh, but he... This person really does go to the White House. They let them inside. I thought the Secret Service would tackle her, but there she goes uh, right into the White House to see Joe Biden. And uh, what happened in there? Uh, who knows exactly? I mean, <laughs> what, what do you talk about? She seemed pretty pleased with the meeting, though. The fact that our president has watched Days of Girlhood, it's kind of epic. And I'm not going to lie, I have been, I've been having a rough go of it lately. A lot of darkness. And... And today was what I needed to keep going. You know, that's interesting. Two, less than a year as a woman, and she's suffering, going through darkness right now. That surgery, whatever, the transition did not do the trick. They're still in pain. There's something going on besides the exterior. And this gets overlooked. By the way, this individual is a very big deal in this world. Uh, how many followers does? Uh, yeah, 8.3 million followers. And this show, she said that Joe Biden actually watches the show. Let's take a look at that show. Breaking news. It's day 220 of being a girl, and we have another boob update. I have been on hormones now for 10 months, and I started to dissolve my estrogen pills under my tongue, which some of my trans gal friends told me to do, and I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it, but I'm telling you, it's working so much better. So this is where it gets really dangerous, because this kind of stuff, kids are consuming it, and it's trendy, and it's cool, and it's a shortcut to status, maybe even some money. All right. There are people going down this road who shouldn't be. And that's a problem. And oh, by the way, America doesn't like this stuff. All right. At least when it comes to kids, 80 percent of voters oppose transgender procedures on minors. But Joe, somehow, I don't think he's in the 80 percent. No, he's not, because he has an unusual relationship with children and old people and middle aged people. But he does not know the limits. He doesn't know personal limits. He doesn't know the limits of government. Folks, we got to get out and vote. We will be right back with an update on Ashley Babbitt. The government wants to continue January 6th investigations. They need more money for it. Maybe we'll give it to them, but there's a big catch. We'll be right back. Steve Bannon is a hero. I like him. He's brilliant. And he's being unfairly persecuted and prosecuted. Today, he was sentenced to four months in jail for contempt of Congress for not cooperating with that probably illegal January 6th committee. So many problems with it. Um, but he didn't go right to jail. 
the judge is allowing him to be free pending appeal, and it looks like they've got a great appeal. Steve Bannon also has a great lawyer named David Schoen. The whole thing is um, atrocious, just how they're treating our side. And the left, when they're held in contempt of Congress, and it does happen, they don't get arrested. They don't get sent to jail. Eric Holder, he was held in contempt, I believe, over that Fast and Furious investigation. Nope. Just got sent a stern letter, and that was it. How about Lois Lerner? Back when she was investigating all those Tea Party people and their taxes, contempt of Congress, but no jail sentence. Hey, here's a Republican. Henry Kissinger, way back in the day, was held in contempt of Congress, not sent to jail. Appropriately so, at least for Henry. Um, here's Steve Bannon today. This is democracy. The American people are way in measuring what went on with the Justice Department and how they comported themselves. They're weighing and measuring that right now, and they will vote on November 8th. On November 8th, the American people will raise judgment, and we will groom the Biden administration ends on the eighth evening of the 8th of November. And let me be, let me, some other thing is that the Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, will end up being the first attorney general that's brought up on charges of impeachment, and he will be removed from office. Thank you very much. I love it. I love it. He was just sentenced to four months in jail, and he's inspiring us. Uh, good stuff. Now, what the fake news will do is add uh, Mr. Bannon uh, to that long list of Trump officials who are in trouble, have been arrested, indicted, blah, 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 blah. Seven people have pleaded guilty. We've learned at least 16 Trump associates have had contact with Russians. Right. The bigger this list gets, you know what it does? It doesn't implicate the people on the list. It doesn't implicate Trump. No, it doesn't. What it implicates is the Department of Justice. It implicates the FBI. They're the ones. The more people they throw in jail, they arrest, they hassle for their associations with Trump, it is on them. They're the ones who are vulnerable. It reveals their corruption, not the people they're pursuing. Does that make sense? Uh, it is clear as day to me. Now, January 6th, guess what they want for January 6th? They want more money to investigate January 6th. The United States attorneys request $34.1 million and 130 term positions, 80 lawyers, to address the increasing caseloads. Hey, 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 resulting from the January 6, 2021 breach of the United States Capitol that disrupted a joint session of the United States Congress. Oh, my. Like that's never happened before. Um, you'll get your money if you give us justice for Ashley. Ashley Babbitt, why don't you take some of those lawyers and some of that money and look into this case? And one of the burning questions I have, uh, who are these cops? And what the hell happened? Let's watch this. This is the moment that Ashley, sadly, is shot. And there's so many people. They're going to push their way up here. Bro, I see people out there get hurt. See those cops. No one's harming them, but they're about to walk off the job. They're right outside the House of Representatives. Just let us make a pound. And there they go. Who knows why? And all hell starts to break out. 
Why did those officers, and look at them just stand there. You see them against the wall as these guys just pound away? And in a moment, you'll see Michael Byrd's gun. See it? And he's about to shoot Ashley Babbitt. What the hell just happened? What the? There's no justification for that at all. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen, I think. And people just accept it or ignore it. Even a lot of Republicans, when we take back the Congress, we, by we, I mean sane people, and I think that's going to happen, we must get justice for Ashley. All right. Hey, you know how uh, they like to get cops in trouble? And body cam footage, you know, you got the media, you got anchor people, you got pundits, everybody evaluating their, uh, their every move. You know who else is in the spotlight a lot? Flight attendants. And also anybody on an airplane. If anything happens, somebody breaks out their phone and starts recording somebody in a tense situation. It always seems like they're going after cops and ordinary people with this footage. It's true. You never hear about teachers, and I love teachers, mm, a good chunk of them, not all of them. I had some good ones, three or four, not a lot, not so good. These are terrible teachers in Mississippi, and fortunately, they have been arrested and charged with felony child abuse. What they do is totally appalling. Uh, take a look. Yeah, the uh, took Halloween a little bit too far, don't you think? Uh, terrorizing those kids, demanding that they clean up the mess they made. That was in Mississippi. This has been circulating around the Internet. Finally, those teachers have been arrested. All right, back here in New York State, something exciting could potentially happen uh, on November 8th. That man, Lee Zeldin, congressman, Republican from Long Island, lawyer, Iraq War veteran, and it looks like he's going to be the next governor of New York State. Take a look at this poll. He is in front of Kathy Hochul uh, slightly, but this is huge. Just so, This is huge. This is an overwhelmingly Democratic state, and we desperately need him. Crime is out of control. She will not do anything about it except occasionally scold people. We say no more. No more mass shootings. No more disrupting lives. No more creating heartbreak for people just trying to live their lives as normal New Yorkers. It has to end. It ends now. It, that's, that was her plan, just to scold people like they were on her lawn or she got into a fight with a clerk at the store. Uh, there's so much she can do that she will not do that Lee Zeldin has promised to do. Get rid of the bail reform laws. There are emergency provisions that he can use to throw those out, at least temporarily, and fire woke DAs. If he does this, and we think he will, he'll be the first Republican to take Albany, our state capital, from a from a Democrat since 1995 when George Pataki uh, became governor after defeating Mario Cuomo. Back then, let's see, uh, Lee Zeldin was just 15 years old when that happened. And it could happen and it will be spectacular. And I think it will save lives. All right, folks. 
Stay with us. Baby Adam Kinzinger seems to have some woman issues. Yes, he does not like a certain woman, and I think it's misogynistic. Stay with us. So there's the Secretary of Defense. Oh, boy. He's pretty incompetent, pretty bad, just like his chief of staff. We'll talk about him in a moment. Uh, the Secretary of Defense just put out a letter uh, announcing that they're going to pay for travel and lodging expenses for service members who uh, want an abortion. Uh, that's never happened before. And, uh, you know, it's kind of wildly off topic for what the military is supposed to be concerned with, like not losing any more wars. It's amazing. This happened last year, and the Pentagon seems to want to forget about it. General Milley, we've got huge problems with him. It's amazing these guys are still in power. We're joined now by Chris Farrell. He is the Director of Investigations and Research for Judicial Watch. He's also a former active duty Army officer, 11 years of service. Uh, sir, welcome back to Newsmax. Where do we begin? First of all, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Thanks, Greg. All right. I was taken aback by the letter uh, that Lloyd Austin should be wading into the most controversial issue of our time. Seems like it could be a distraction, not only for him, but for everybody else in the military. Uh, or am I wrong? No, you're right. It's also illegal. It's a violation of the Hyde Act. You can't expend federal funds to promote abortion. And that's what they're doing. So it's, a, it's a more criminality from the Biden administration. No one should be surprised at this. And by the way, Secretary Austin, while you're busy worrying about uh, abortions, why don't you explain to the American public why the 101st Airborne Division has deployed to Romania and is currently sitting about 20 miles away from the Russian armed forces? That might be of greater import and significance than pandering to uh, the Roe v. Wade election political activists. You know, I forgot about those guys. I remember they were mobilized. Is it the entire division or is it just a right. couple of bits and pieces? What are they posted? Well, it, the 101st Airborne Division is now headquartered in Romania. 20,000 soldiers. That's an indication that something very big could happen very soon. And they're talking about this nonsense stuff. Um, or behind the scenes, are they on top of it? And what do you what do you make of their presence there, by the way? Uh, it's a further escalation. Um, I, you know, in my opinion, the Biden administration needs to exercise leadership by bringing peace to Ukraine and not continuing to escalate an already tragic situation. I believe in Ukrainian sovereignty. I support that 100 percent. But I've also watched what Russia does historically in these types of engagements, whether it is Crimea, where the Obama and Biden administration did nothing, zero, and allowed the Russians to take over Crimea, or go back a little further and look what the Russians did in two wars in Chechnya. When they got done with Chechnya, the, their capital, Grozny, looked like a lunar landscape. <laughs> so the Russians have a very different timeline, a very different view towards these things. And if you want to grind up Ukraine over the next 10 years, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, the American public needs leadership. And what should happen is we should be in a position to negotiate with the Russians to bring peace to Ukraine and not keep escalating and escalating, spending 
we're at the point where we're going to spend 70 billion U.S. taxpayer dollars on Ukraine. Do you think we have any other problems to worry about? How about a wide open southern border? How about gas prices? How about record inflation, a recession? I mean, there's innumerable problems, and we're focused on a country that is not a NATO ally and is not a member of the European Union. Chris, um, we seem to be on a losing streak yet again. Um, and who's to blame? Let's go through what we've lost lately. Afghanistan, um, Iraq was a mess. I mean, the way we got out of it, the way we got, went in there. Um, you have to go back. I guess the Gulf War was successful, but uh, then Vietnam was kind of a, a, also a quagmire. And I keep thinking about the generals and what's their role in all of this. And let's take a look at General Milley. He seems to be so emblematic of um, some of the officers I'm acquainted with. Do we have a picture of General Milley by any chance? Uh, he seems to be uh, very, very political. And I don't think people on the outside realize that to become a general, you have to be political. You know, we think they're great leaders, but, you know, they really are the best at playing the game. What are your thoughts on the current crop of generals and generals past? Let's start with Milley, who has engaged in the most insidious treason since Benedict Arnold. He called his communist Chinese counterpart and told them that he would give them a heads up if we planned any military action against China. That's documented a year ago in a book with Bob Woodward. There's another new book out where Milley's provided all sorts of outrageously, uh, really obscene misconduct uh, against the chain of command. And he's quite proud of it. You know, he's a political operator. This guy checks which way the wind is blowing. He's a litmus test guy. He got to four stars not by winning wars, but by winning political games and contests in the Pentagon. You started off talking about our, our, our streak. We have not decisively won a war, decisive victory, in 77 years. And there's been next to no accountability. You've got former secretaries of defense and former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff signing open letters talking about the civil-military relationship and how it's a very difficult time now. It, this is scary stuff. When these guys put out open letters like this, it's a signal. Just like two years ago, when those 50 phonies signed that letter as intelligence professionals claiming that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. That was a lie. Look at this recent open letter by the former secretaries of defense and JCS chairman. These people write these open letters for a reason. And it gets next to no coverage in the media, no discussion. It's of grave concern. Again, your viewers probably don't know that the 101st Airborne Division is sitting in Romania right now. There's been one CBS report that I've seen on it. I knew that we had deployed. Uh, I thought it was support staff. I didn't know the entire division was over there either. That's on me. But thank you for informing us. And uh, we'll find out more. Ooh, 10 seconds. How do we rein in these generals? I mean, how, there, there has to be a culture change. What they're doing is, you know, if there's an insurrection, they're flirting with one. How do we rein them all, in? These are all Obama generals. They accepted that a guy named Frank was going to show up in his skirt and call himself Francine. And somehow that was going to make the military stronger and better. They're compromised. The next Republican president 
needs to be very careful about the selection of general officers and look for people that actually want to win. That would make a big difference. All right. Thank you very much. Let's do this more often. Chris Farrell, Director of Investigations and Research at the Great Judicial Watch. Thank you. And we'll be right back. the go and need news now. No paywalls, no cable subscriptions. Just download the Newsmax app from your smartphone store. It's free. And watch Newsmax TV anytime, anywhere. Margaret Thatcher, the Iron Lady with Ronald Reagan. They had one special relationship. Together, they helped, uh, I think, save the world. We'll never get to know Liz Truss the way we got to know Margaret Thatcher. She is out after just six weeks. What the hell happened? Uh, for more, uh, let's bring in our panelists. We have Craig Shirley, the presidential historian, editor of The Greatest Speeches of Donald J. Trump, 45th president of the United States. And, of course, once again, Christopher Nixon Cox, who is right now in the U.K. and can give us firsthand <laughs> what happened to her and uh, what's the story over there. Good evening, gentlemen. Chris, first to you. Hi, Greg. Uh, Great to be with you, Greg. You um, Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's an interesting situation over here. I think that, uh, unfortunately, uh, Liz Truss really ran into a buzzsaw, which was that conservatives over in the U.K. weren't acting like conservatives. Uh, they actually uh, were overspending, and uh, this led to, you know, the need to hike taxes. And, of course, uh, you know, she had a big tax cut plan that just fell like a lead balloon. Uh, but, you know, I think the path forward really is that you've got to stick by your guns, cut taxes, cut spending. And I think she would have been in really good shape. Now, of course, what we have happening here now is a fight for the leadership of the conservative party. And the fascinating thing is that Boris Johnson is on a plane as we speak, flying back to the UK to contest the Conservative Party election. So we may have Liz Truss uh, stepping out as leader, after, but after 44 days, Boris Johnson coming back. So that's the big story over here in the UK right now. Wow. Hey, um, uh, Craig, I heard Joe Biden say something like, well, she was a very good partner for us or something <laughs> like that. He praised her. And I thought, you know, Trump would have been like, oh, yeah, she made some mistakes. She blew it. She was uh, not good. Is there something to be said for the phoniness from politicians? I don't think so. But, you know, why do they say phony things on occasions like this? I don't know any more than you do, Greg. I wonder that myself. When when the truth, for too many of these politicians, the truth is just another, just another option. Uh, is and, it, it, and they'd be much better off just telling the truth. We're all adults. We can take it. We don't need to be uh, spun or we need to be half-truths or lied to. You know, Joe Biden, you know, with him, it's a, it's a lie. It's a lie, not even a lie a day. It's a lie an hour. Uh, and it gets it gets tiresome with him claiming he was in the Naval Academy, with him claiming, you know, he, he, he lied. He got kicked out of law school for lying on his uh, law degree exam. He got so many uh, times in, in school. He got held back or uh, something because something or other because of his lies. I don't know why politicians do it. I really don't know when the truth would serve them much, much better, Greg. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, by the way, the midterms are in full swing. And uh, I'm curious. We see Joe Biden, of course, out there eating an ice cream cone. Nobody wants to be seen with him. This is him stumping for for candidates in the midterms. Now, Barack Obama was holding huge rallies. Your grandfather 
uh, the president of the United States. What, do you remember, what was he doing in 1970, his first midterms? Was he, was he out there big time, uh, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was a great asset on the campaign trail, of course. Uh, you know, he was just rallying the silent majority in 1969, uh, and that was a great rallying cry uh, for the American public. And uh, he was really appealing uh, to people, uh, you know, who were just starting to look at the Republican Party as an answer. And of course, that was happening across uh, the Deep South. So he was starting to have some resonance there. Um, so, you know, he was considered an asset on the campaign trail and uh, he was very vibrant. Of course, he was significantly younger. Uh, he's in his 19, his, his 50s. So, uh, you know, in 1970s and his 50s. Uh, so he's significantly younger, very active, very energetic uh, and a big asset for the Republican Party. That is amazing. And of course, he set himself up very well for 1972, 49 yes. states. Craig. Uh, it, you just went over. I'm one, sorry, I want to point out one thing is, sure. that, is that Nixon in 72 didn't run a personality campaign. He ran an issues campaign. And that should be it. So he smashed George McGovern because Nixon was the conservative. McGovern was the ultra liberal. And that should be an object lesson for all the candidates running out there right now. Don't try to run personality campaigns. Run issue campaigns. You'll win. All right. But listen, Trump has a big personality, of course, and he talks about the issues, yes. but he's got a big personality. I always thought that at some point, if he started talking to the left, I'm not saying change his positions on anything, but talking to them directly to them, he could make some inroads. I am I crazy, uh, Chris? Do you think that could work? And you I know think what, your dad, your your granddad tried that a couple of times. You know what he did, uh, and he spoke to a lot of groups that you wouldn't expect to vote for Republicans, including African Americans and other minorities. And frankly, of course, he did well in 1972. But I think the big story of the 2020 election was that the Hispanic vote was really coming President Trump's way because I think he was speaking to them on issues that Hispanic voters care about. And that's why you saw throughout the Rio Grande Valley in Texas an amazing turnaround in the Hispanic vote in the matter of half a decade moving towards Republicans. And of course, that's what's made Florida a much more reliably Republican state uh, is Donald Trump's policies and his ability to speak uh, to people who the Republican Party historically hasn't done very well with. And I think that given another term with some of his policies, I think a lot of African-Americans would have started to come his way more, uh, especially when you look at criminal justice reform and a few other issues where President Trump really was right on the issues and where he was just beginning to really break through. And I think four more years would have made a big difference. Uh, Craig Shirley, I, maybe he doesn't have to do it conspicuously. Maybe it'll just happen. But I thought if he, you know, people talk about his tone, if he just modified it. I'm not talking. About, I love the style. I love the policies. But if for one night for or him. two, he could talk to the left. I'm, I'm speaking to the left tonight. I want you to know that I will work for you. That kind of thing. Well, he did that in his first inaugural address. He says, I am the president of all the American people. Unlike Joe Biden in his Nuremberg address is that uh, is that Trump made appeals. I think, Greg, there are times for partisanship and there are times for bipartisanship. During a campaign, obviously, it's, it's for partisanship. But when he's president, he can talk to the other side. But during a campaign, it's, it's a risky proposition to try to, because what you gain if you talk to the left, you lose voter support on the right. And really, you think about it, his campaign in 2016, really started to take off 
when he when when it was more about issues, it was about the border, it was about taxes, it was about the corruption in Washington. Remember, he said he was going to clean up the corruption in Washington. Uh, he was stymied at that. But but it, it, running as an outsider resonated with many many people, and that's why he put away Jeb Bush so yep. early and put away the other establishment candidates. Uh, gentlemen, was, we have to go. Was, we have to go. Okay, but great. let's do it again very soon. And safe travels to Christopher Nixon Cox over there in the UK. Thank you, sir. And thank you, Craig Shirley. We'll be right back. All I can say is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? Did you know the fake news? Sometimes they run commercials right in the middle of their news. Good morning, America. They have infomercials in the show. I think that's kind of crazy. And they're not really helpful. They're not that informational for infomercials. Take a look. Travel? Oh, it's back. More people are getting back on the road and in the air. And many folks are now focused on how to travel and make less impact on the environment. The segment is sponsored by Booking.com. And they are trying to help make it easier than ever to select sustainable choices for your next vacation. All right, what follows is uh, four minutes of nothing practical whatsoever. They're just promoting this website, you know, and how to be sustainable, how to save the environment, ride bikes, don't rent cars, advice like that. And then it gets even more basic, like uh, what do you do with your towels? Along with picking the right spot to sleep, there are also simple tips that can help you make eco-friendly choices on your next vacation. Don't be afraid to reuse. I don't know about you, but I do not wash my towels and my sheets every day, like sometimes you would do at a hotel. Instead of dropping it on the ground, hang it up. Super simple way to save water and energy. That's where I put my towels anyway. What do you think we put our hats on the towel rack or cook? Uh, I don't know. I found it very... Not helpful. Not helpful at all. But that's the fake news for you. They're not helpful, and often they lie. As we roll into midterm election season, the Democratic Party is looking surprisingly strong. Turning out in record numbers for a summer primary election. The outcome suggests the threat to abortion rights could energize voters in the November midterm elections, possibly giving Democrats momentum in congressional races. As Democrats celebrate a string of wins they hope will help in the midterm elections. The enthusiasm for Democrats in the upcoming midterm elections has increased. A major victory for Democrats ahead of November's midterm elections. Looking ahead to the midterms, Democrats writing some strong momentum with under 80 days to go. You get the picture. It's misinformation. Okay, (laughs) they're trying to shape or influence the election. Isn't that supposed to be a big no, no? Remember when the Hunter Biden laptop came out? Ooh, it was a Russian plot to uh, shape the election, to influence the election. Russian disinformation, right? There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is has all the four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend Rudy Gianni. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? You that's exactly it. what. Is this that's where exactly you're what This is told. where he's going. The laptop that, right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Russia. I want to stay on the issue of race. 
there's no way in the world that Joe Biden did not know that that laptop at that point was Hunter's. Absolutely. Look at how easily he lied. A little desperation, too. And the media bought right into it. Overnight, more than 50 former senior intelligence officials, they sent a disputed set of emails from Joe Biden's son, Hunter. Remember the ones published by the New York Post? They have all the classic earmarks of Russian a disinformation operation. More than 50 former intelligence officials signed on to a letter yesterday saying that the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's emails has, quote, all of the classic earmarks of a Russian disinformation campaign. More than 50 former senior intelligence officials signed a letter outlining their belief that the emails that purportedly belonged to Hunter Biden had all the classic earmarks of a Russian information operation. Wow, they're so original, right? They do all their own research and they say all the same words. Who are those officials? Swamp characters, to be sure, right? We had, uh, let's put them up on the screen. You know these guys, Clapper, Hayden, Panetta, Brennan, swamp creatures who were doing anything they could to stop Trump. But in that Weasley little letter they wrote, nobody ever quoted this part except me. We want to emphasize that we do not know if the emails are genuine or not, and that we do not have evidence of Russian involvement. How about that? Didn't Joe Biden say that's exactly what that's exactly what they're saying? It's Russian disinformation. These swamp rats gave themselves a little way out. Unbelievable. And this is uh, this is the hallmark of the uh, the Trump presidency, though. They were always going after him, lying, the Mueller stuff, the Ukraine phone call, all of it. Um, that he survived and thrived. President Trump is amazing, but they're still coming at him, of course. And one of the wimpiest, one of the jerkiest, excuse me, is baby Adam Kinzinger. Oh, boy. Thank goodness he's leaving Congress. But um, he's leaving it in a bizarre way. He's actually, you know, they talk about Donald Trump's tweeting. What about these people and their tweets? This is what Adam Kinzinger wrote. He said, Tulsi is thirsty for some Elon attention. And she was criticizing um, social media, big tech, and hoping that Elon Musk would take Twitter back. Do you know what thirsty means? You know what he's getting at? It means, you know, amorous, desiring someone sexually. But this guy, I think he's got a thing for um, Cassidy Hutchinson. Cassidy Hutchison will go down in history as a hero, and she never sought to. She's just a young woman telling the truth with more courage than the vast majority of men in politics today. He and was Cassidy so in love with her, he was defending her all the time and always mentioning her age. Like, how could a 28-year-old girl lie? He must not know many. Well, I think he does. All right, give me a moment. I'll be right back. News breaks every minute every day you need the app the newsmax app find it free on your smartphone store then watch us anytime anywhere donald trump's big rally tomorrow night we'll have it here live at seven o'clock he's going to be in uh, robson texas which is outside of corpus christi should be awesome one of those rallies is better than a year of fake news i'll see you next week have a great weekend <laughs>